Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 131 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today I'm interviewing Kathy Watson. Now, I met Kathy on social media and love her positivity. She recently went through an ordeal and I wanted her to share that with you. Kathy says, The summer of 1976 was a scorcher and we had a drought. I was then 12 and it was a summer of pure freedom. Freedom as a child running around without a care in the world, camping in the garden, swimming, beach days, etc. That was before adolescence hit. And then my lifetime became a trip of going on a diet, not dieting, pigging out, going on a diet, not dieting, pigging out, dare I say more, over and over again. But one thing back in 1976 that struck a chord with me was that if you Google it and see archive photos of the general public out doing their thing, you will definitely notice that people in general were much thinner. Children ran around with ribs showing and they were not undernourished. They were normal weight. It's hard sometimes to remember that. If you now Google photos of last year's summer, you will know what I mean. My low-carb lifestyle and enlightenment started four years ago. I will be 60 years young this year, so work out the maths. A lot of years wasted trying to do the right thing, failing, and now knowing it was through bad advice. So let's go and hear the interview with Kathy. Welcome, Kathy, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Hello. Nice to meet you, Jackie, at last. Yeah, we've been backwards and forwards on Facebook for a long time now. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So where in the world are you? Well, I always say to people when when they do ask, it's quite an easy pinpoint. I am five miles southeast of Stonehenge, a little place called Wiley I live, which is between Salisbury and Bath. Excellent. So it's it's a nice area around there, isn't it? Uh, it's just the downland, basically, yeah. And so the army's on the Salisbury Plains all the time. So if anybody goes past Stonehenge, they will know the sort of area that I live in. Yeah, fabulous. So why don't you start by telling us your low-carb journey? I mean, in fact, you might want to go back because you mentioned to me about the summer of 75. So maybe you want to start there. Go back as far as you like and tell us about your low-carb journey. Okay, so 
So I always think of the summer of 1976 because it was the summer where we had a very hot summer. It was a drought conditions in in Great Britain anyway. And um, I lived with my family in, in North Wales at the time. And so if you can imagine North Wales, that's very rainy and wet most of the time but that summer was absolutely a scorcher so as children and I think I was 12 12 and a half going on 13 at the time I had a twin sister we just had the life of Riley living camping and beaching and doing everything else that children would do so it wasn't a care in the world and uh, we we lived, we were lucky enough, my father was a local vicar and my mum my was a stay-at-home mum. And so we had that sort of idyllic childhood where she cooked wonderful food and we ate at meal times all together. Um, there would be you know, breakfast, lunch, a cake in the afternoon, supper, and we just didn't think about food. That was it. It was just fed, run, fed, bed, whatever. And then we... Um, we moved from North Wales um, a few years, well, a couple of years later, and we came down to then Wiltshire, was where, where I'm based now. Um, and if you can imagine a 13-year-old girl going into puberty, 14, and I had a twin sister as well. So we basically went to a new school from a tiny school in Wales, and then we went into the school, which is about a 1,000 kids in it, uh, after the school term had started as well because of moving and it was it was well it was an eye-opener for us because we were obviously the local rector's children we were twins and we were put into the to the uh, school uniform that one should wear and my mother insisted on that we wear gray socks so you can imagine from that day one we were teased (laughs) and we were teased and we were we weren't bullied because I think we managed to sort of come out of that. But we were definitely in that ilk where we were so uncool. Um, and we were teased by the boys and we were called podgies for some reason. I don't know why they called us podgies because we never thought we were fat. But we were obviously not thin and they, they needed to tease us and whatever. And I can remember thinking, oh, well, we're doing something wrong here. We're feeling a little bit, you know, some of the girls are much thinner. And I don't know if you can remember the times then, or anybody that can, but it used to be jeans that had weight. They were waist jeans. So they weren't that really, you know, the, the waist button went around your waist. And I can remember thinking, you know, you'd have to get the jeans on and then you get the coat hanger to get the jeans up, you know, to do them up. But I always had this overhang and I always wanted to have this flat stomach. Um, and I can remember thinking, well, we'd started to put this adolescent weight on and thinking, oh, man, you know, maybe we've got to go on a diet and stuff, right? What do we do? And, and seeing things, well, we're going on a hard-boiled egg diet now. We don't want this. And my, my mother would hate it because she was cooking as normal and whatever. But she allowed us to do these certain things. And then we went on, well, we've been told we... We have to eat school, you know, um, packed lunches and everything. My mum would say, we said, well, we won't eat our lunch. We'll just skip it and eat an apple and be starving that way. And, and it sort of rolled on a little bit. But, you know, it was failing, of course, because you'd then get hungry and then you'd pick out again. Um, and I think I sort of kept it together. And then I was really young when I met my husband. Um, I met him at a young farmers. We went to this young farmers group and 
I wasn't what you call thinny thin, but um, skit and fat, podgy. But I wasn't what you call thin either. I was, I was sort of just on the cusp, as I suppose. Um, and then you know, obviously, romance turns around, and he eventually, years on later, asked me to marry him. And it was then, oh yes, I'm going to get married. I want to. I've got to lose weight. So you go down the line of you're going to lose weight. And of course, you're a bit nervous and you lose weight for the wedding and whatever. But he was literally like you could almost say. That that thing where you get married and then the bride eats the cake and then you know weeks later she's just like twice the size. It was <laughs> I'm married now. I've got my husband. We'll just I'll eat two meals, feed him. And he was a farmer, farmed with his grandfather. So I'd make him hefty meals the way I um, been taught to cook oh, by my mum. You know, because I I did I I did cook. I mean, that's what I, my thing was. I went to college and learned how to cook. And so, so you wanted to feed him, wanted to feed me. Um, ate these male meals, and then I then got pregnant to have my first son, and I put a shed load of weight on with him. You know, just not not right, really. I would, um, and I had all the problems that related with that. So the hypertension at the end and. Oh yeah, had him and then afterwards I just thought oh my goodness me you need to do something um I don't think I was I wasn't very very overweight but I was certainly three stone or something like that overweight which is you know overweight I decided I needed to do something and I didn't really have a clue about diets um but then I found um this in this um local group called Weight Watchers and I went there and I did extremely well with them. Um, and it, the, the weight just fell off, absolutely fell off me. Um, I got down to nine and a half stone and I was five foot eight. So you can imagine I was too skinny, really, yeah. in my opinion. But um, it was it was really easy. Um, and and, and to, be, to be fair, the way that they did their their diets then it was slightly different to now with all these points system it was it, it they called it exchanges and you did eat actually real food probably just not enough of it but it I got the results I wanted and then I then had my second son and I had a very you know much better pregnancy than my second son didn't put half as much weight on with him and it just it, it just carried on and I was fine but I was always of this ilk and this is the way I am I was always ate a little bit too much and put weight on and then I'd be you know be good and try to get rid of the weight um and then I would lose it and then I would go back to normal and then like everybody else it would go on a bit more and then I would go back to Weight Watchers and and I would say I'm going to try this time around lose it put it back on then I say oh, I don't like Weight Watchers anymore because they're rubbish I'll go to Slimming World they've got a much better plan yeah and the same old cycle 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 and fast forward now from I've been married nearly 40 years this this April will be my 40th wedding anniversary oh, so four years ago fast forward to four years ago I stumbled upon um low carb and um I had you know, read things about the Atkins diet. And I think my father-in-law might have tried it and it was sort of the bacon and eggs diet and you can have steak. And everybody thought it thought it was, let's do this for five minutes and it'll work. And yeah. And, 
but it wasn't deemed of as any a lifestyle change it was just a quick fix thing I think everybody yeah. was Interestingly, when you said about 1976, that was the year I am sure that I went to my cousin was born and I went to visit my aunt. We spent the summer um, with her down in Devon or Cornwall. I think it was Devon. Yeah. At the time. And, um, and I'm sure we were doing the Atkins diet. I'm sure that's what she said it was. And, you know, it's 40, 40 odd years ago. Um, but all we were eating was meat, oranges, and grapefruits. That was it. And it was a very, very strange con. It was very strange, really, wasn't it? Um, I'm sure I probably bought the Atkins diet book uh, at one point and tried it, and then felt as sick as a dog because you just do, don't you? If you were to eat keto foods, you know, quickly like that, because you had no concept, you know, no idea, and then thought, oh, "This isn't working." But then, like I say, four years ago. I how, did you, how did you come across low carb? Well, this is it. So four years ago, I stumbled across something that came up on like an email or something or some advertisement. It said the low carb program. Um, so I just looked into it and it, it was basically a 10 week program, which you sign up for and you then go through it stages of a weekly videos Um and, and they, they take you through the progress. So you start with getting rid of all your rubbish out your cupboards. So the next week, go, this is what you're going to eat, to week 10, intermittent fasting. And I think this was before the low-carb program sort of decided to go a little bit more professional. I think I paid very much like really cheap rates for it, and it was in its infancy. But it was amazing. And so through that... I then found the dietdoctor.com. Yeah. And it's the dietdoctor.com was just an absolute eye-opener for me. Um, so I signed up for that. And I think I did sign up for them with at least a year or two years with them. I probably watched every video that was there to be to be watched. And yes, I mean, they were just amazing what they came up with. And, it, and then it shows you, then takes you off to all these Facebook groups and then I found yourself and, you know, and all um, and other Facebook groups and and then, you know, and then podcasts and then the more podcasts you read, you know, you listen to, the more you learn. Um, you know, I hadn't even considered a lot of intermittent fasting. You know, that was probably two years into my journey, if not three years into my journey sort of thing. You know, um, I wasn't um, the idea of, of not snacking, which is one of my big things now is. I wouldn't even consider that. So there's loads and loads of stepping stones that I've done throughout the four years that I started. Yeah. And I, you know, I suppose I've been maintaining this for about two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a little blip. There was a blip. So after doing really, really, really well with low carb and losing all the weight and feeling absolutely amazing, my husband and I watched the game changers the vegan friendly game changers. When was this? When was this? Last year. So this was not last year. It was probably the year before. It was before lockdown. Okay. I think so, yeah. I think it was right at the end of 2019, right about December. And my husband didn't really want to eat too much red meat. He still didn't really like it. But we watched this. Of course, we were brainwashed, weren't we? And we were thinking, well, they might have a point here. 
So I said, well, I've done really well with my diet. I am now the, the desired weight I want to be. I will we'll do this together, Simon. We'll, we'll, we'll go on this journey of being vegan if we can. And because I cook and I cook from scratch and I really I went for it. But obviously for me, by cooking, you know, I knew that I was going to have to up the carbs. I knew that because I'm actually going to starve, aren't you? So I knew that was going to happen. Those things like I was missing cheese, I was missing eggs. And then so you need to make things to, to like say lasagna, you think to yourself, right, well, I need some cheese. So you'd go and buy some vegan cheese. Well, yeah. best. And then you'd buy something else processed, you know, and, and it was all just, and I was, and I was feeling hungry all the time and I put weight on <laughs> and I wasn't pigging out. I was trying to eat really sensibly, but I was just feeling, I was feeling undernourished, really undernourished. So we did it from December, beginning of December, we did a Christmas vegan okay. the whole way through. And then after Christmas, I said to my husband, I'm sorry. I'm, I have to eat eggs. I have to eat eggs. And we can get them from our local people, you know, they're all free range. Need to have eggs. And then it was like a month later, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. You can do it, but I have to go back to what I was doing. So and then, what were you noticing at the time that made you think, I've got to go back to eating animal products? It was just that it was feeling, it was definitely feeling that undernourished feeling. Um, any other things that you noticed well the bloating bloating and yeah. I was eating I was eating you know and, and the thing that was making me cross was the fact that you know in order to feel like we were in a conventional way of eating you had to eat rubbish food yeah as in you know if you wanted to have your sausages what do you go you go and buy your sausages that are vegan sausages they're made up of processed meat you mm -hmm. have a processed meat so you, you have your beans and all that sort of stuff. Well, they make you, well, we won't say the word, but, you know, bloaty. And, you know, that made you feel all gut achy. That, that was another thing, gut ache. Yeah. Um, but it was for me, it was literally eating a meal and feeling really full. Then an hour later, feeling hungry. Yeah. So I knew then this isn't right. I have been eating all the foods that I've been doing, and it's ne I've never felt hungry between meals. Why am I suddenly feeling hungry? Well, you knew, I knew for me personally, that that was really affecting my blood sugars. Never tested them, but it was. So the eggs helped. And then I said, that's it. So I'm not doing it. So then it was a case where my husband and I would have, I'd make him vegetarian or vegan, and I would have my mind. So it'd be two meal syndrome. And then it went on for a bit and a bit more. And then my husband sort of said to me, well, I think, I don't think I'm feeling that great with it. And he was missing meat as well. Yeah. It's funny how your body I, craves it. Well, you know, um, and so he went to the eggs and then he went to the vegetarian. So he didn't want to eat lots of meat, you know, beef and things. They still had this thing about beef. But, you know, he's back to normal now. You know, he's never going to eat. We don't eat loads. We don't. We just eat a good mixture of food, really. But we eat. We're back to the normal way now. He yeah. eats carb. I, I, I eat low carb. Yeah. Um, Did you say he, he eats carbohydrates because you cut out a minute there? He does eat carbohydrates. My husband doesn't do low carb. He's, he's very, very slim. Um, 
that doesn't mean anything these days, does it? But he he eats he eats well. He's not a pig. He just he just eats normal food. So I do do give him potatoes and I can have biscuits in the cupboard and they're just his biscuits. And um, so I don't feel inclined that I need to go and eat them. No. Which is that that's just miles away to what I used to be. I I was the binger. I was the compulsive eater. I would, you know, I could start with the children's bits at, at tea time and then raid the biscuit barrel, then whatever's in the fridge, mounded toast, then hit the ice cream. You know, I was that type of person. Yeah. It's amazing that my journey's come to where I am now, where I, I basically eat two meals a day. And you said you don't snack at all. You've now that's you see that's something that you know that, that's another thing that you learn, don't you, as you as you move on to this. So when I we've all done intermittent fasting to a degree. I've not done longer fasts like you have, but I have. I think my longest fast I might have done was about two days or something. Yeah, my about I have done that, but um, I I generally fast sixteen hours a day. So I, I tend to eat my lunch about 12 and I have my tea before 6.30 each day. Yeah. yeah. But they're always good meals. And, and the, so the snacking thing for me, um, well, it's again, the, the blood sugars, isn't it, really? I suppose you're learning, aren't you? Um, well, let's, let's put it like just missing out on the breakfast to start off with. I was, the, I was in that club or in that whatever you want to call it, um, where if you didn't eat breakfast, you would die. <laughs> yeah. Breakfast was the most important meal of the day, and I held on to that belief for years and years and years. Do you know and something really interesting? We've only eaten breakfast in the last 300 years. Before that, nobody had breakfast. So it's only in the 1700s that they started with breakfast, and now it's the most important meal of the day. And it is, uh, and it is, and and I really was in, and I could remember waking up in the morning, and absolutely starving to want to eat some food. I literally had the grumbles, the stomach, early in the morning. You know, you get people that say, "Oh, I never eat breakfast in the morning. I'm not, I'm not hungry." I was starving from the minute I woke up, and I needed to fill my face. And it would always be the, you know, the pudding at breakfast syndrome, you know, breakfast cereal with berries and, the, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Breakfast. Um, and so, so giving up the breakfast for me, and I, sometimes I have it now, I will have the odd breakfast now because I just think it's nice, was just an eye opener for me. The fact that your body can, you know, I don't even crave breakfast now, cup of coffee and I'm happy. Yeah. You know, um, but the snacking thing, yes, the, 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 the cake in the afternoon. This is where my mum, you know, religiously has cake at tea time. It's just in her, she's done it all her life. So she would have breakfast, um, lunch and then cake and then supper later. Mm. Whereas I'm, I'm now in the club that I oh, don't, don't eat late and much rather eat earlier in the day. So I don't like eating after seven o'clock. Yeah, me too. I, well, old people did that. <laughs> well, I am old. But <laughs> I used, 
I used to take the Mickey out. My in-laws that always had their supper at five o'clock or something, and yeah, and we always ate at eight o'clock, something like that. Um, but over the, over these last few years, it's got earlier and earlier, and um, yeah, just. I mean, like tomorrow, to- tomorrow is a, is like I do an evening class on on a Thursday, so tomorrow is always. It, it seems to be, and it, I find it really easy to do. I'll have a really good lunch. And then I won't eat until the lunch the next day because I don't want to go to a class and feeling all rubbish. So I'm really, um, and I don't feel hungry after the class. It's really, really strange. This is, this is how we can just fat burn, can't we? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, give us some examples of a lunch and a supper of what you might have. Because I know you quite often post your food on Facebook, but tell the listeners a little bit about what you might do yeah so um for for me and this is the way that has helped me I think is um yes I'm fanatical about taking photographs of everything I eat (laughs) some people say it's really sad but I just think it's mindful eating to be honest with you um so I like to have semi-pretty plates so if I'm going to I celebrate every single meal so, and I, I think that's just being the moment. I might be even working when I'm eating it, but I'm celebrating it. So by taking a photo of it helps. So just for an example, today's lunch was uh, two fried eggs with a bit of corned beef on top, a bit of cheese melted and some walnuts and just in the frying pan. And then I had it with some sliced avocado on a plate, whole avocado. So that that was a warm, nice yummy dinner um I always have the obligatory 90% dark chocolate afterwards me too well and mine's 85 whatever it is but yeah yeah, I can do 85 come down to that but I really (laughs) my chocolate I probably have four pieces a day um and then supper tonight was well it was just basic it was sausages and and I had some green um vegetables with it with butter everything is butter or roasted in butter and then I had some swede and a few carrots oh yes carrots you know it's not the ultimate crime to eat the odd carrot I say so I believe in taking the carbs through my veg that's how I would eat the carbs and your Uh, chocolate and your chocolate and my nuts yes so there's carbs carbs I know what you're saying yeah yeah I, I don't do I don't do keto I do low carb yeah yeah no and carbs around about 50 grams a day well between 20 and 50 yeah excellent over um I I I have I I don't entertain the idea well I it doesn't work for me just to eat meat I like a pretty plate so and I think the biggest thing for myself is trying to get across people when they say low carb is so restrictive to say to them, well, is it, is it really? Well, look at my plates. This is what I've had. So you can have a big burger and cheese and you can, you know, um, I'll make homemade things like cheese slices that look like a Greg's pasty and stuff. So, so if something looks appetizing, you want to get your teeth into it. That's the winning. That's you've, you've won, haven't you? So that's my opinion for it really um and I think that's that's the only way I can do I'm you know I'm not an intellect I can't that's how I would like to try and get it across to people that you can do it it's just through showing them this is what I eat so I think a few people follow me on Instagram 
like you know people are getting inspired with what I say and 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 Facebook groups and things that I post pictures yeah my son keeps telling me to to do a cookery book and I'm I'm not going to do it no no it's not it's too much effort to be honest with you and it'll be on the shelves and gathering dust it's out there and, and I don't well, I hate following recipes myself, so <laughs> yeah. I'm much of a let's see what I've got and let's just make it up as we go along. Yeah, and then and then it can be interesting just by doing that because you're doing different things, aren't you? Yeah, so we, I mean, I love a ready, steady cook moment, I call it. <laughs> program, I don't know, well, if you're in the UK, you might do, but it was a case of you had five pounds, they had these presenters, they had five pounds in the kitty, they had some they had access to a few things like you know herbs and spices but they were given real random things and they had to make some food out of it love that i love doing things like that <laughs> so we need a low carb ready steady cook yeah and we but usually it's an omelet isn't it, when you get to that stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah my go-to is steak and omelet that's it yeah <laughs> i don't even like omelets that much no, and, and and as my journeys progressed, and they say a journey because it's a lifestyle now. It's not a journey, is it? But um, I've done the old baking. You need to have the the bakes and the cake. I can do them, but I'm actually finding now that I don't want I don't want them the same way as I used to. Yeah, I think when you first start it. You want to find say when people start the swimming world and. And Weight Watchers, and I probably did the same. You used to go to all these classes, and the first thing you do is get the little book, you go to the back where all the puddings were. Yeah, you'd never start as well, it was just you know, cold soup or something. You would always go to the back of the book to find where all the goodies are. And I think people now want that, don't they? They want to have that feeling when starting something, they want to have you know, like the fathead pizza and. Um, oh, I saw something today that, that was, I've, I've found out how to make a French fry, a keto okay. fry, and it's using, um, is it guar gum? Well, guar gum. Uh, yeah. Is it guar gum? Yeah. Guar gum and um, ground almonds. Yes. Something like that. I think so they were baking them, they were making them into French fries. And there's, 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 there's this thing now that's going, but it's just smacking. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's not, it's not it's a French fry. Food. You're making something, you know. It, um, it, well, it's because I just, that, that's encouraging people to snack. That encourages you to, I want to watch a film on the telly. I'll make these Dorito things to watch the film. Well, well, that I've only learned the lessons from myself is I would never watch a film now and eat. Yeah. But okay. It took a long time to get there. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, these things where they've got lots of nuts, I mean, nuts, you add them up and that's quite a lot of carbs by the time you've put everything in together and added it all up. And so, yeah. You know, if you had a plate of French fries that were made of almond flour, or almonds that's a lot of that is a lot, lot of carbs and 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 i even i mean i generally have a few walnuts or some a few nuts a day but only a very small handful 
with with a lunch or something. And and one of the nicest ways of doing them is to just grind some salt over them because it's just like, well, that's your conventional crisps if you go. But you could easily, by putting salt on nuts, get snacky with them. Oh, yeah. Food of them. So yeah. I allow them. If I, you know, I love all the flavours and I love all the foods, but for me, it's if it's not on the plate, on the dinner table or the lunch plate table, you're not having it. Yeah. That's the way I see it. You have to get it on that plate. Otherwise, it's not allowed. Yeah. And it just, and, and as time's gone on, it's it's just gone in. I suppose it's habit forming, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. And I think it's a, these little rules. If that rule works for you, then that keeps you focused and it keeps you motivated to keep doing yeah. it and it stops you coming off off the rails, I guess. Yeah. Because it, it, like you, you put your nuts on your plate, and I often see your nuts on your plate. I would probably do them afterwards. But I also just – I don't have them all the time because, you know, I just want to keep eating them. So I might go through a phase where I've, I activate them. So I soak them overnight, and then I heat them in the oven. Then when, when that's done, I put them back in the oven with um, some oil and salt. I could eat the whole lot bag yeah that's right so what i do is i make some and i'll eat them because you have to have them every day then until they've gone but then i won't make them for months and i won't you know i won't do it for ages and ages because i know if i keep keep them there i will keep eating them every day and even only having an ounce or two it 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 adds up yeah i think likewise it's like bakes or anything like that is i always make sure but I can throw most of it in the freezer. So it's not there because it's so easy to go, well, I'll just have another one, isn't it? Yeah. You know, now it's nice to have treats and stuff, but it, and, and I make granola sometimes as well, like your nuts. Yeah. Loads of nuts and all made together. And it's great for breakfast. Well, you know, for if somebody wanted breakfast, but I don't do breakfast, you see. <laughs> um, so I'll have them for you know, with a bit of yogurt or something, with a pudding or something. But again, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you really need that? Because that's that's basically extras, isn't it? Yeah, too much. So you also do a lot of running, don't you? I Well, I say a lot of running. I, I have, I, I like to run, yes. So um, I didn't hardly do any in January. It was awful because we had such cold weather, didn't we? Yeah, um, and and then before that, obviously, I was I was in recovery from breast cancer, so that was you know limitations and everything. So it was the new thing for the new year was it was to um, to get out running again. I've been for a run this morning with the dog, um, and it's great. It's really nice to do. But I'm only going to be doing it for sort of health benefits. So I have done London Marathon, have done you know longer spells like that, but I don't need to prove anything to myself now. So. I'm just doing it just to ease the joints and just to make me feel better. Well-being wise, yeah, it's really good for me. Yeah. So you've been low carb for four years, but you still had a cancer scare recently, didn't you? I did. Yes. Unfortunately, like where the hell did that come from? (laughs) Um, I think when we're low carb, we think, you know, we know all the health benefits and we think I'm okay now. I'm low carb. 
I think we forget that we've been 50 odd years where we weren't low carb. Totally. Yeah. So in June last year, I had a, well, in May, I think it was, I had, um, you know, the mammograms that took a screening mammogram, which I thought nothing of. I was just about to go on holiday with my family, went on holiday with them, had a fab time. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I got a recall. And then it said, oh, no, 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 you don't need to worry about anything. So I thought, oh, great, you know, um, and went back to have the recall. Um, and they did some more tests and you go through different types of things that they do. Um, but yes, I did. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in my right um, breast. And um, they thought they were like, so it was it was in situ, as they call it, as these posh words that they use medically. But it, it wasn't invasive as it was going anywhere in the body they thought but they 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 caught it um they thought they might be able to get it out with a small operation i had that um and that didn't work and then i had to have a mastectomy in the end which i chose to have and they thought that was the best thing um and i had to have that i had that sort of november i think which got rid of it all which was brilliant so um Yes, it was a testing time, but all the way through it, I felt really strong. And I'm not a religious person, even though I've got the background of it. But I think there was the religion in my religious belief in that my diet wasn't anything to do with this cancer. And my diet was going to get me through this and feel stronger with it. Um, And I just kept that faith all the way through it. So even when things like the, the surgery comes along and you've got to go to the hospital and you, know, you go to hospital and they, you know, you've got to starve and stuff, I decided I, would, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I'd take all my low-carb food in if I was needing any. I never had any problems waiting for operations. The first one was awful. I had to wait for hours. It was, you know, went in at 7 o'clock in the morning. I think I had my operation at 9 at 7 or 8 night at night. Yeah. Really, really late. Um, and but both of them, I, I was fine with the general, and I came through, and I and I bounced back. Um, so, it, so me that affirmed my faith even further that low carb was for me, and it and and it really, I, it stood testament of time and seeing people around me suffering, you know, being hungry, headaches, you name it, um, fainting, you know the all because they were just leading sort of conventional, all the medications they were on. Yeah. You know, list, listening to the nurses, um, talking to them about what they took for this and what they took for I don't have anything. I don't take any other medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think that's was- pretty unusual to get to our age and and not be on any medication. I, I didn't think it unusual until recent, you know, last year I found out that my uncle, my mum's cousin was really shocked that I was 59 58 and not on any medication and and I've since asked some of my friends and they're all on med nearly all on medication it's like yeah I think we're unusual we, we are and and I and I really believe you know this was because like, I do low carb yeah and it helped me I would probably been di- I would have been diabetic my mother's diabetic my brother's diabetic. I knew I was insulin resistant. Um, my mother's obviously, bless her, is 82, and she's been diabetic for 20 years. So she's gone down the conventional path. She takes insulin now. 
and she does everything that she can, but she hasn't bought into the idea that low carb can help her. And um, I have a younger brother that's, that has mental, well, not mental, but uh, he's autistic and has some learning difficulties. And so the idea of him changing what mum does is not going to change either. So I do know that I, I and my family, we're susceptible to it. So I've, I've really done myself a favour from doing from doing this lifestyle. But I think, um, you know, with the surgery, I, you know, I had a mastectomy. I didn't, I didn't want reconstruction, but the healing process has been really, really quick. Yeah. Really. And, oh, that was the other thing. I don't want to go into too much detail, but you normally get a drain fitted when you have a mastectomy because um, you can have a fill, you know, they put a drain in you. Well, the surgeon didn't do that. She said, oh, no, you're, fer- you're perfectly all right. Well, I was, I was slim enough anyway, and I didn't need the drain. You know, there was, so, so I, I was like jumping all these loopholes because I didn't need to have all this evasive stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's no looking back. I feel rejuvenated. I keep saying that, you know, <laughs> I do feel rejuvenated. It's like going back to your childhood, isn't it? Yeah. Except I was quite ill in my childhood. So I feel better now than than I did even in my teens. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. But. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that I don't know. It's it's just a feeling for me. It's a feeling of I can do anything. Anything is possible. I have the energy. You know, sometimes this week, actually, I've been really, really tired. But that's unusual. And it's like, oh, what's going on? Why am I really, really tired? And, you know, if I think back, oh, yes, last Friday, I only slept for four hours. Maybe that's got something to do with it. You know, my whole body's been thrown out of whack. But generally, you do feel good. Um, I mean, you, you can you, you only have to put yourself into your work environment. I mean, I work and lovely ladies, etc. And I And you only have to put yourself there and you can see the benefits that I have leading the, the life I do. Because all my colleagues, are they, they, they go down the line of the conventional diet and you can see it with all the ailments that they have and some of them have more than others. So you only have to see that on a daily basis, you know, the, the slump in the afternoon, they're tired. Oh, I'm, I'm really hungry, I need a snack. You know, and I, have, I don't have any of that. So you just see it constantly in life. Yeah. Um, constant eating. Con- you don't realise, you know, I don't, when I think back, I didn't realise how much you, I, I was not a great, I wasn't a great snacker. So I'd have my meals and then I'd have, we'd have tea in the afternoon and tea and biscuits. But other than that, I, I wasn't a snacker, but I just look at other people now and they're just constantly, constantly eating. Yeah. And that's what worries me. It worries me more than anything with, um, you know, we talked about the, the, the summer of 1976. And then you look at the summer of 2022 when we had dr- another drought, didn't we? And we look, and you look at, if you were to do the Google on the pictures of that, the difference in the pictures from the, the summer of 76 where people are just getting on with it. You will be amazed how many we've. It's as though we've just taken the air thing to a, you know, to the inflatables, and we've inflated all these people up. <laughs> yeah. with a little, uh, children, 
not just old, you know, older people, children. And I, I worry so much about children now. Um, it, it is this bombardment of snacking. And this, this is why I say snacking is bad, because, you know, if, if, if people ate real food, I mean real food, and that's what I'm really passionate about at mealtimes, they wouldn't have this need to, to snack, would they? No. I think because the processed foods are just made to make you want to eat more. They that you know that's their purpose. Buy this, buy this food, and then buy some more, and buy some more, and buy some more. And if you're having this one, why don't you have this one with it? And it's just it's constant, constant from what they put in it to the marketing of it that makes people want to eat it. I mean, I I understand where they are and that they they're in this place where they can't stop with being bombarded with the marketing the advertising the all that stuff and what they've done to the food to make it addictive i get where they are but it's just not healthy for them you know um um, yeah and and it's like looking at these little children i i was looking at some images yesterday of sort of kids in the in the 76 and you could see the ribs on these children and, you know, some people say, oh, look at them, they might look undernourished. No, they were actually healthy children, you know. And you look at some children now and you you just look at them and I, I see them and I, I can't help it. But I just go, oh, my goodness me, that child is so metabolically unfit. Yeah. And people think I'm boring when I moan about it, you know. And I, I've got grandchildren myself. I've got four grandchildren and I always try not to be that, you know, feeding the feeder, you know, have a snack of this. But even I do it sometimes. I hate myself for doing it. Yeah. You know, I think if I can have or have a bit of cheese instead or, you know, but I do give my grandchildren biscuits. And I, do, and I just think, oh, my goodness me, if that's all they've known, they they're already in that snacky, that snacky way of life. Yeah. Don't know anything different. And. You know, sugar to me, well, it's cocaine, isn't it? It's it's that's the way I look at it. That's the way my brain looks at it now. Anything that and flour, anything like that, it's just they're just drugs. Yeah, and and they are because they if you do brain scans, they light up exactly the same areas of the brain. Yeah, as cocaine, uh, alcohol. So cocaine, alcohol, uh, wheat, and sugar. They all light up the same areas of the brain so yeah it's it's yeah it's a dopamine hit yeah and, and, and another thing i i've done as well um i gave up alcohol 18 months ago because with low carb again on your journey aren't you i was it was the alcohol that was that was sort of holding you back it would be i'd be quite good you know all week and then friday would come and i was never one of these people would say i'll just have a glass and nurse it I was give me the bottle it's my name on it <laughs> <laughs> um and I do, I knew that it wasn't doing me any good hence the cancer probably the breast cancer was probably from all the drinking I did in, in you know before that but I gave up 18 months ago and I've never looked back and mm. it was Jen Enwin of all people that made me think of that Jen Enwin and Mark Berriton have you heard of Mark Berriton yeah Keto yeah. Club, yeah, we've interviewed him. Club. Those two people inspired me to 
to really think about what I was doing. And I have never, def- I've never looked back on that decision I decided to do. I've done, you know, giving up alcohol for the Januaries. I've done the Lent bit of giving up alcohol. And I even did this one year no beer thing where I gave up for about nine months. But it was always like when people think they're going on a diet, there's going to be an end and I'm going to have this celebration and then I'm going to go back to normal. The lockdown did that for me for the you know for the first one time I did it. I just think, oh, everybody's in lockdown. Let's all just sit down and drink wine. But the summer of that first lockdown, I thought, no, we're not doing this. And they were the two people inspired. So it must have been after listening to them. Jen must have said she decided to give it up. I thought, no, this is this is holding you back here. And I've I've given it up. Well done. Yeah. You good. So do you, and you feel better? Much better. Yeah, yeah much because well, it's addiction, isn't it? Whatever you know, there's addictions every year. I th- I knew I had I have got this little gene of addiction. So it was biscuits, it was sweets, it was you know, alcohol. You know, you go for these things, don't you? I want to feel better, but life's rubbish, and then you realise roller coaster. It's actually not life's not rubbish. Well, right, that can be just life, can't it? But it's not helping you with these things that you're holding on to because you think that's going to give you the escapism. So, yeah, I definitely feel better for doing it. And I just take yourself back to that 12-year-old child in 1976 where you're running around. You never thought about having alcohol then? No. You didn't even know it. So it's only when you get introduced to these drugs that you start thinking, you know, that life, life is normal because you're an adult. Yeah. But before you had it, you never thought about it, did you? No. No, very true. So is there anything else that we haven't mentioned that you wanted to tell the listeners tonight? I could rabble on forever. So, Kathy, how can people get in contact with you if they want to follow you or um, message you? Um I'm 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 I don't have uh you know my own Facebook page or anything I'm just on Facebook but I do have my own Instagram page which is just Kathy Sean if anybody wants to follow me on there um I generally tend to put my low carb photographs and the dog and various bits and pieces but I do share a lot of um, low carb recipes that I've been inspired to make so and I upload a lot of um recipes onto various uh, Facebook pages like Fabulous Keto Facebook page. If anybody's not, uh, you know, have a have a have a look at that as well. So that's yeah. me. Excellent. So before we finish, we want to ask you for your three top tips, please. So my three top tips, I think, is my first one, and I think we've mentioned it before, is stop snacking. It's a one hard thing to to do, but if you for me, it's really worked. I think of snacking and I think of smacking. And we don't smack children. I, I you know, I was smacked as a kid and I smacked my boys, but my certainly my boys don't smack their, their children. And I think of that word smacking and snacking in the same way. And, you know, it should be discouraged all the time. Mm. It's the, the cause of so many um if we just ate real food at meal times, we would feel the, the whole world would be so much about a better place. Yeah. And I think people can, you know, if they're struggling, maybe take a leaf out of your book of 
whatever you're going to eat goes on that plate. And if it doesn't go on that plate, you don't eat it. And enjoy the plate of feast and fast, as they say, feast and fast. Always enjoy your food. Yeah. Um, so my second tip would be um, eat real food yeah. from scratch, if you can. It's so easy to go down to the sh- shops and think, or, or it's so easy to say, I haven't got time to cook. Well, an omelette can be done in five minutes. Yes. So always a way, you know, to, to have the foods at hand. It's so quick to do. I, I yesterday finished work at five, you know, got home at six. The tea was on the table in quarter of an hour and it was a stir fry. So it's so easy to do if you if you plan. Yeah. And even even just something like some meat, frying some chops and boiling up some vegetables that they, you're then going to put butter on. That's 15 minutes, you know, a steak and some veggies you could do in five minutes if you boil the kettle first. It's really quick and easy. Ways to cook eggs, isn't there? You know, so the eggs are just the perfect standby thing to have. Never run out of eggs. No. <laughs> um, my third one would be um, consider intermittent fasting if you haven't done. Um, it, it's it's something you need to learn. It's not something I definitely say to, to people that are just starting on low carb or keto journey. Don't jump in to intermittent fasting because I think you can do yourself more harm doing that than you can if you do it steadily. And I know some people, you know, intermittent fasting for longer periods and it can really work for them. I think you just have to find what works for you personally. But I generally really live by 16, 8 on a daily basis yeah and it doesn't have doesn't have to be 16 8 every day oh no 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 you know i i i go swimming when i go swimming at a weekend and we nearly always have breakfast but i don't do that every day so most days i'm doing 16 8 or 17 7 or 18 6 or you know something like that but some days i'll have breakfast yeah, and I would like to have breakfast now and again, especially at weekends. It's really it's sociable, isn't it? But um, so it, it's it's never the never never. But generally, you know, the, the the longer you can leave a gap between when you eat, I think it, your your blood sugars will thank you for it. And I well, it's learnt, I've learned it. I've learned it all the ways you can. Yeah. And I and I think this is going to be my top tip as well. And you, oh, this we is get a bonus top. one. We get a bonus one. Yeah, go on. This one. It is, it's a bit like religion, really, um, low carb is. Well, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? And I think you need to reaffirm that faith in that lifestyle all the time. And for me, it is reading all the time, going on YouTube, looking at different videos that come up, um, buying new books when they come up, which podcasts like yourselves and get recommended, looking up new people, questioning things. Um, but it just reaffirms your faith. And I think it's so easy for people to, to, to poo-poo you and you then start not believing in yourself. There's thousands of us that do believe in it and just keep doing that. And it and it just really helps. Yeah, I love that. Because it, it you can be persuaded that it's not right or not good or something weird about it all these things but if you just stay with the tribe and you stay keep dipping into whatever it is you know for some people it might be yeah 
an audio book it might be a podcast a video you know i'm not very good at watching videos but you know i'm constantly listening to podcasts but um that just keeps you anchored in the here now yeah and 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 you have friends out there because it's quite a lonely place sometimes yeah can be Mm. so kathy thank you for joining me tonight it's been it's been an absolute pleasure thank you thank you Much of what Kathy spoke about really resonated with me. Growing up in the 70s and being podgy, starving herself at lunchtime, Kathy would eat an apple. I used to have two Jacob's crackers and a piece of cheese. Not needing baked goods, having chocolate. Kathy says she has four squares. I tend to have one to two. Not snacking. Kathy is a bit stricter than me. I usually have my chocolate straight after my meal like Kathy. But I do occasionally have it in between lunch and supper. I like Kathy's idea of putting baked goods in the freezer. I will have to try and remember that if I make something because my family don't like my low carb baked goods. So I will keep eating it. I do that with bread. If I make a bread, I will cut it into slices and freeze it so that I can just take out what I need. When Kathy was talking about her cancer, I didn't get a chance to comment because the conversation took a different turn. And I wanted to say that Kathy has been so positive all through her ordeal. I've been in awe of the way she has tackled each hurdle. Kathy also pointed out that we use addictions of alcohol and sugar because we think life is rubbish and we use it to escape life. But actually, when we free ourselves from the addiction, we see that life isn't rubbish. It's just life and we can begin to enjoy it. So if you want to see the show notes, they can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash 131. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish can you recommend a guest we can interview if you can click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation would you like to join our facebook group search for fabulously keto on facebook our facebook page is called fabulously keto and you can follow us there or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto One. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto One and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice, whether our guests are doctors, 
healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.